How's it going, everyone? My name is Travis Stowe, your host of the Muddy Shoe Podcast, and this is episode four. Excited to be able to have this lady on. I happened to find her on Instagram probably a couple weeks ago. She has a very interesting way of approaching running different types of obstacle courses. Her name is Haruko. I'm hoping I'm saying it correctly. It's a very unique name, but I think that also kind of relates really well to the type of person she is. She's a very outgoing, outspoken type of personality. She's very energetic. It's fun to speak with because she makes wanting to run fun. And I think anyone that's had the idea that they want to, they're maybe afraid to, she's got a really good mindset. Just do it. And I'm going to let her get into the story. It's fascinating what she's done, what she's been able to do in the last couple of years. So let's get it going. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I do appreciate I know you're very busy. You're about to do something pretty exciting this weekend. But um, I'd like to know... Exactly, just so if people know, how do you say your name correctly? Haruko. Haruko. The R R kind of sounds like a D, like Haruko. Haruko. So that is a very unique name. Where is that from? Uh, It's Japanese. It means spring child. I was born in March. Really? My mother speaks Japanese. Yes. Okay. Do you? She gave me that name. Um, Just, you know, the little kid Japanese. (laughs) So just enough to to claim, okay. (laughs) <laughs> where do you normally live? Because I know you say you travel a lot, but like, where's the, the place that you stay? I am based in Houston, Texas. Okay. I spend a lot of time in Austin because my family is there. And there's a lot of fun outdoorsy stuff to do in Austin. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm in Houston. In Houston. I found you on Instagram probably about a few weeks ago. And you're a very outspoken type of person. You're courageous. It seems like you have a lot of fun doing types of obstacle racing. But is obstacle racing like your passion? or is it- It's something I'm doing right now okay. that I'm passionate about, that I love. I really do love it. Um, well, how but, did you get into it? Uh, oh, okay. So uh, a few years ago, I saw something pop up on Facebook called uh, Dirty Girl Mud Run. Okay. And it looked so dangerous and just crazy. And it's funny looking back now that I thought I was going to die at a, a race that had like, it was a 5K with basically bouncy houses as obstacles. <laughs> um, but I signed up the night before and I went out there with a friend and I had so much fun getting muddy with my girlfriend and, you know, playing these obstacles and seeing the people who were there were, you know, it was in support of breast cancer uh, or supported, you know, the, the portion awareness. of it went to, right, it was not supporting breast cancer. But um, yes. And it was so, <laughs> so, so fun. And I thought, I want to do this again. So for my birthday, the following spring, I asked my girlfriends to go out to Austin with me and do the exact same race, but this time dress up. And we wore lingerie on the outside of our running clothes. And I had so much fun with that. I knew there was this thing called Spartan Race. And I was terrified of the Spartan Race. Um, And so I signed up for that. And I really had, I mean, my intention was really just to go sign up for it, see what was behind the scenes, and and maybe leave. Like, I I hadn't planned. I didn't think I could even run the whole thing. I was just going to show up and see what it was all about. So just more of just interest in the view it. Just an interest, just a curiosity. Huh. And, you know, I knew I was in a little bit of trouble when I got there. And the, <laughs> in order to get to the start line, I had to go over a wall. 
which I'd never done before. Dirty Girl was not a challenging course. So uh, I hopped over this wall and I was shaking after I jumped over it because I thought, whoa, what have I just done? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I made it over there. That was close. And I was writing so much. They they gave this big speech and everybody's shouting, oh, Rue, oh, Rue. And, you know, it was just a lot of adrenaline started pumping. And, and then, you know, they said, they gave us the go signal and Everybody took off, and I was with this crowd, and I just got caught up in the frenzy. I started running, and we came to an obstacle. I was able to go over that, and another obstacle. I went ahead and went over it, went under it, went through it. Which <laughs> I kept making it through the obstacles, and I started thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, this is fun. This is really serious. This is fun. And it was just a sprint, you know, five-mile lap with obstacles. So you did the sprint? I did the sprint. That was okay. my first race. And this was before they even started tying down the, the um, what do you call this thing? The spear throw, which I now call the burpee maker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually made my first spear throw. And, really? Wow. Okay. And since, since I haven't nailed one since, I really appreciate that. <laughs> that on my first try, I got it right. And um, I'm always getting tangled up in the rope. So. You're basically second guessing yourself when you throw it. I guess so. I just, uh, you know, it's just a... It's a funny obstacle for me. I don't know what's wrong with my, my throw, but I think I psyched myself out of it. Anyway, moving forward, I just had the best time. I made friends because I ran it alone, and I decided to do another. I, I wanted to do more racing, so I did the zombie run and then a color run, and then I, I decided this was, I wanted to do this, like, I wanted this in my life, like, really, really in my life. And I decided to create a challenge put myself, you know, in a position of like, how can I incorporate this into my life? I decided to challenge myself to run 52 races in a year because I, I knew I needed, I needed to do something that was doable, but still sounded a little bit crazy. And so uh, that's not a little bit crazy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's furthest way you could say little, that's not little at all. <laughs> I, it, I, I mean, I definitely, that was the best year. I, that was 2014, 2015. Um, and then the following year, I decided to keep running. But I challenged myself to do bigger races. Like, this is, this is the last of my big races that I've done. World's Toughest Matter is like the, the end of, of my second year of challenges. I definitely want to get to the, the World Toughest Matter because that's going to be interesting. But before we go too far... I'd like to know the way you started doing mm-hmm. races, you just jumped in. You didn't have, yep. it seemed like you didn't really have much fear. You just went in with open heart, open mind, and tried mm-hmm. to experience something new. And a lot of people are afraid just because they've seen the videos, they see what people talk about, and they, they get that mm-hmm. spot of like, I don't think I can, regardless of the shape or fitness level they're in. So they hold themselves back. What, what made you have that belief that, ah, no big deal, I'll just do it and see that, how it goes? Maybe a little bit of ignorance and a little bit of hope because, honestly, I'm scared before every race. You know, nobody wants an injury, and right. you never know what's going to happen. If, you know, because I never backed down from a race. There was no race. I only, I think I've only backed out of one race, and that was because I, I had food poisoning and could not get out of bed, and that was a color run. But um, it is, it, I, don't, I don't know how I have gotten to this point because I, I wasn't an athlete. I wasn't a runner, and I just decided and I, would, and I definitely have had fear because I've had to run in icy conditions and snowy conditions and sleet and rain. Things are slippery. I've seen people break legs on the course. And, and, <laughs> and then I still go back. But um, I think a lo- it also comes from my willingness to do this is from trusting myself. And because my motto is complete 
not compete. I don't go out there looking for time. And I think when you're really, really rushing, you're a lot more likely to get hurt. Now, not to say that you can't get hurt when you're taking it slowly. Accidents happen. Right. But I don't put myself on a time schedule. My goal for every race and even World's Toughest Mutter is to go have fun, do the obstacles to the best of my ability and finish. And and so I do. And that, that having that light, you know, it's, it's not... Um, it's not about coming in first place for me. So it frees me up to not put pressure on myself and not feel like I'm going to disappoint myself. I don't disappoint myself because I don't say I'm going to do 50 miles. I just say I'm going to go. And if I get to, you know, something, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm always, I cry. <laughs> I cry a lot when I finish a big race because oh wow, emotional. Because it's so emotional. It, it really is because I know who I was. I, I was, I'm a girl who had, terrible, two terrible pregnancies. And I, I gained 75 pounds with each one. I had hyperemesis and I wasn't in good shape at all. And, and even today, like when I'm at home going up my stairs, my knees hurt. But for some reason, when I get out on a course and I, I'm in this element, I'm in this place I love, I'm doing the thing I love. It changes everything. It's like, I don't feel pain. I don't feel, I don't feel the fear. I just, it's the endorphins. It's one obstacle at a time. Yeah, exactly. It just, it comes, and I, I'm hoping it'll that'll happen again tomorrow <laughs> at at the big race because you know it it does it is there the fear is the fear is there but you just move forward and trust yourself and trust that you're gonna you know just know know your body and 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 thank your body and have the gratitude that that you're out there doing some, something that gives you life because honestly since I started racing. I've never felt more alive and connected and appreciative of nature and my body. It feels good. It seems that most people that I've spoken to, even while racing, the ones that pass me and either I pass them and vice versa throughout the entire race, you, when you get to know them, you start to see like when they finish something, even an obstacle, I've always basically telling myself to look into their eyes, look at their body language. They have this uh, deeper feeling of success and you can see like this mm -hmm. moment of like wow i did that and then they if they're tired beforehand yet they got over they got all this energy again they can start pushing even harder it's really exciting yeah. to see how just getting out into the mud doing something so basic of of human needs it gives us energy to do something better yeah exactly take a take a bigger challenge take another yeah do something you're still a little bit afraid of i think yeah. if you don't if you're not scared a little bit maybe it's not totally maybe you're not going to grow from it because the, the sense of accomplishment that you get from going out there when you know you're afraid you're uncomfortable it's inconvenient and you do it anyway you're like wow <laughs> you get to meet yourself and know what you're made of and what you're willing to sacrifice to make yourself happy to grow and try new things these courses i mean they tell no lies it tells you it literally shows your true limitation yep or that you're in better shape than you thought <laughs> <laughs> that's true that is true yeah well world's toughest mutter how because i thought now this might just be my own perspective but i thought to get into the world's toughest mutter that you've had to complete certain series or races to be um like an invite is that how that works or am i completely wrong well it may have been that way years back Okay. In the early world's toughest mutters, but that's not how it is now. If you want to pay the $500 and get your pit crew ready and get yourself out there, be prepared, then you're welcome to try. And I love that attitude. I love that it's not exclusive. I love that it's your race. It is not about time. It is about your best. And, and there's a sense of humor 
even though it is a great challenge, it is extremely respectable in terms of difficulty. Um, it's still fun. Like there's this huge sense of humor about it and, and they totally let you be you. It's about the community. It's about the experience. It's about helping people out also because at four in the morning when it's 30 degrees and your joints are swollen and stiff, you need help getting over these obstacles. And there's always, if you're lucky, if someone's still out there, someone's willing to help you. There's, this is, this goes for 24 hours, right? That's their motto. It goes for 24 hours, yeah. And so the idea is to redo the same obstacles over and yep. over as many times as possible within 24 hours. Yeah, it's a five-mile loop. How do you tap out? Like, how do you, do you just say, I'm done? Or what What calls that point in when you say, I just can't do it anymore? A good way to do it is to have a pit crew. And you're, you're allowed up to four. I have two on my pit crew. I have one person who's an elite athlete who's there. Um, she's really good with, you know, medical and also telling me <laughs> that I can stay in it. She's my don't quit. You can do this cheerleader. And my other pit crew member is more like the nurse who's, um, who's going to pull me out if I don't answer his questions properly. He does medical checks, um, from the perspective of, is she okay to continue? Because when you get hyper hypothermic, which is more reasons, probably the main reason people tap out, um, you can't answer questions, simple questions like what color is this or what day is it? Who's our new president? You, don't, <laughs> you can't answer these questions. <laughs> and so, and he's the one who's probably going to pull me out if I'm not doing well. And my other friend will, can, you know, they're going to agree or just, you know. You have the cheerleaders and then you have the one that makes the call. Okay. Right. That makes the call. And I trust him. And so the, the medical at, World Toughest Mudder, they'll also check you. I think they're supposed to check you before you start every lap. Last year, they checked you after every lap. So either way, um, if you go into medical to warm up, the thing is, once you cross that threshold, once you're in their medical tent, you're in their hands, and it's up to them whether or not you leave. And if they decide that you're not healthy enough to go back out on the course, then they de- they disqualify. They take you out. So um, we have to, as runners, be very careful with our, our health, and, but also, you know, be aware that if we make the decision to go get warm in the medical tent, we're also handing the decision to stay in the race over to someone else. So um, my my plan is to really, as best I can, listen to my body, get to my pit crew, warm up in whatever way, eat, get my encouragement, and try to stay out of the medical tent just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to finish. I do want, but you know, don't get me wrong. You can stop. I mean, if you at 11 o'clock at night or at three o'clock in the morning, don't feel like you can continue on and you need to warm up, you can stop. You can do whatever you feel or your crew feels is necessary to, you know, get you rest and, and recoup. And then you can start again when the sun comes up. So you're on your own schedule. This is up to you. You're not getting as many miles once you stop, obviously. And a lot of people have goals like 50, 75, 100. You get a different color bib if you make these goals. And so, you know, they're, they're not going to want to take time out to, and, and they may very well have the endurance and the ability to stay in it. Amelia Boone is, is just an incredible, um, yeah. incredible athlete. Absolutely. I, mean, <laughs> I just really love seeing that somebody's body will do this for them. Um, it's it's impressive, but you know she's on her own schedule. Also, everybody has their own schedule, so or their own pace, their own abilities. So that's you you decide. Out of all the different type of races, is this the longest race you've ever done? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Because I'm, I'm a slow runner, actually. So I've done 
Like a lot of people can run an ultra beast in the half that. I mean, there are some really fast runners out there who can make it up that mountain, do those obstacles, get through. And I'm a very slow runner. So I did the Hawaii beast this August and it took me two hours longer than it did the year before. I was not happy, but in my defense, it was raining and it was muddy and it, there was a single track up the mountain. So <laughs> I had to go slowly. But um, so I stayed in that for 10 hours. 10 hours right now is the maximum I've ever been on a course. Wow. It took me 10 hours to finish the ultra marathon at Burning Man this year. And that was with several trips to medical. I, I had to drive straight from Utah and started at 4.30 in the morning with no sleep. So I was not as tolerant to pain as I was the year before. I, I really felt the knee pain and the little aches that happened in a runner's body. Yeah. So I did take a lot of, a lot of breaks. But, but um, you know, knowing that this is a 24-hour race and I, I have people looking after me that I've never had before, I've never had a pit crew situation. I've never had the ability to stop and eat soup or put on a thermal blanket. So, you know, you, there's, you have a chance. And also, by the grace of God, there's, it's warmer this year. Thank goodness. Because last year... I had a nice warm sleeping bag and I had those little heaty pads and I had warm dry clothes and I was huddled in a tent still freezing my tickets off because it was cold and I just felt for <laughs> these runners. I thought, how are y'all surviving? Because it, you're in and out of water every other obstacle. It's, a, it's water. So even though you have a wetsuit on, it's still cold. And so you're feeling that having the pit brew is going to hopefully exceed over the 10 hour mark that you pretty much have a, a cap at at the moment. But we shall see. Never done night ops. Night running, I didn't even train for night running. I just couldn't. I have two kids, so um, the opportunity didn't come up to really train at night. And I didn't feel safe. I mean, I hate to say it, being a female runner in, in Houston, I didn't have anybody who could go train night ops with me, black, you know, do black ops, whatever the, um, the term is. Right. So I'm going into this not having done a night race. I, I, when I got to my race at Burning Man at 4.30 in the morning, obviously it was dark, but at Burning Man, it's a completely flat course. There's, there are no, really to trip over your own shoelaces to fall down. <laughs> That's the only way at night that you're really going to have an issue at Burning Man, running a flat course. <laughs> this is not a flat course. It's slippery, it's up, it's down, it's obstacles. So, um, I will, I will probably be going a heck of a lot slower than I ever have before at night. I just, I just have to get into it to see. I don't. Last year, when I was running the um, the social media, I was it was pretty well lit, but you know I was still stepping gingerly. It was you have to be careful at night. How is it? Because you said you have two kids. What are their ages? Five and nine. So there, it's a big gap between them. Do they come to any of the races and watch? Um. So I would love it if they could. So. <laughs> They, they have, my daughter, the nine-year-old, she's done a few color races with me and she did her own mud race last year. Oh, wow. Um, and she was such a natural. She has no fear. Um, my son thinks it's gross. He's five. He doesn't understand the dirty. Um, recently, he said he wanted to do a mud race with me, but I think he means color run. So I'm, I'm going to take him to a little kiddo race. He's only just now starting to Okay. Uh, I wanted them to want to do it rather than, oh, this Force is good them. for you. Come try. Right. Yes. Cause, gosh, I would hate it if they actually did get injured or say, I don't want to be the the reason I, I, I just, I'm not a, a, a baseball dad about it. I'm just, you know, I want them to want to come. And if they, and when they ask, I take them, but they haven't been to a lot of my races because 
they're in the country, they're ants, it's hot. And if it takes mommy eight hours to finish a race, that's kind of unfair. So. Right, they're <laughs> hanging around and not really knowing what's going on. Yeah, they're not, they don't get to watch. They would get, if somebody could bring them up there towards the end and see me finish, that would be fun. But, um, no, they, but you know, they're little and they're starting to get into it. So I'm hopeful that, that one day, I mean, I want to cheer them on at their own races. So one day they'll get there. <laughs> Thinking about all these type of races, you have done a lot of them in a period of a year. What do you do for training? Um, okay. So that's a great question. When I started, it was, let's see, I worked out three days a week with a trainer. I did cardio five to six days a week and uh, ran my races on the weekends. And I hate to say that I've gotten a little bit lazier about it, but I got a little burnt out about being in the gym so much. It's it was too to much gym time. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to mix it up a little. So I've been doing sports more. So I still run my races on the weekends. I'm slacklining. I love other, there are other things that I do, like um, stand-up paddleboarding, um, which is good for the core. They're just I'm trying to mix up the variety and and just get my exercise from being in nature. Also, trail running, um, lifting weights is pretty darn important. Not that you can really get around that, but I've been just trying to do my best to get in there at least two <laughs> days a week <laughs> to lift weights. That's terrible, but um, it's been, I'm a busy mom right now, and so. Uh, well, busy, and plus you're always racing, so you, finding the time is definitely challenging. Yeah, yeah, digging, carving out the time to do the races. But, I mean, you really do get a better sense of what you need to work on when you're, you know, just doing the races. I, I, I get a little bit sad when I hear people say, I'm not ready to race yet, because I really feel like the best way to figure out what you need to do in the gym is to get out there and run a race, and then you like oh hey i need to work on my upper body more than like you know my legs are good but that's a great yeah that's that's literally going the idea <laughs> of uh fire and then aim and but that's better because you at least know what you are at the beginning <laughs> well and i'm i'm also like don't let your life pass you by i think you could spend a lifetime trying to get ready to even have a kid like who's oh, yeah. ready really you just just do it just embrace <laughs> it if it's something you want to do just do it. Take it slowly, but get out there and do a race because I guarantee you it's, it's better than sitting on the sidelines preparing for a race. Yeah, if you're always Just preparing, you always watch people go by, you end up never doing it because yeah. you feel like, well, now it's too late. I've missed my chance. Yeah, I mean, arguably, I'm not ready for World Step. It's better, but, you know, I'm just going to I'm I'm just going to go. I'm just I'm not I'm not ready to run 100 miles, but I am definitely ready to go have this experience. And I hope I'm happy I did it. Let's talk again on Monday. <laughs> oh, I would love I honestly would love to know how it goes afterwards. I will have some stories. I guarantee you, I will definitely have some stories and we'll see. Cold is why I'm doing it because I am attracted to that which scares me and it scares me the idea of being it like five miles away from my pit crew freezing you know freezing cold so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how I handle that is there any chance you saw or like the movie called yes man yes yes and I love it <laughs> is that does that kind of fit your model of how you yeah. uh, take on life at the moment almost like Tony Robbins spoke to you directly and either, you know, giving you a mind, a thought process, like an NLP shift in the way you think. I mean, that really going into that life, you're, you're removing the barriers, the, the, the fear and um, for the unknown and the unknown, you're making that fear actually become exciting. Yes, <laughs> but I haven't done any, there's no self-help other than my own 
my own personal beliefs. And my mother, I have to credit her with my personal beliefs. You know, you, that family thing. Uh, she has always said, take risks. She wasn't the mom who would tell me to be careful because she felt that was undermining. So I grew up hearing pink bubbles, but take risks. So nice. it's, it's, yeah, I grew up without that feeling that I was going to get in a car accident or that I'm going to crash or that things are going to have a bad outcome. I grew up thinking I should just try. So That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love my mama. She, she's given me a lot of great support. And uh, instead of, I, I guess, a lot of parents, if they hear your, their kid's going to jump out of an airplane, they'd say, I wish you wouldn't. But my mom would say, yay, can I come watch? So, <laughs> well, awesome. So that's well, good. <laughs> Are you writing, going to the race today, or are you just more of hanging out with some people? Today is a fun thing. We're going to register and get our camp location and um, set up our tents and just kind of get all our ducks in a row for tomorrow. And um, there's like two, there was a community dinner last night and a community dinner tonight, and we're all going to watch Rise of the Suffer Fest. Have you seen that, by the way? No, not yet, but I want to. It's good. It's good. Scott Keneally... Uh, it's funny, we were just laughing at breakfast saying he's the James Cameron of obstacle racing movies, <laughs> considering there's only one. You can be any director you want to be. Um, but it's great. That's actually a really, really well-told, well-told story of his investigation of this new crazy sport. Uh, I highly recommend it. And we're going to watch it tonight. So mostly today is just seeing all the people that were you know, it, this community is pretty tightly knit because of social media. So a lot of us are meeting each other for the first time, even though we've been friends for years. And um, so that's kind of today is just about getting registered, getting everything ready, and then seeing our friends, getting excited and previewing some obstacles too. So and getting tips. I hear they're going to tell us the best way to approach these new obstacles, which is another great thing about Tough Mudder. You've done Tough Mudder before, right? Yes, I actually started my very first race was 2011. I did a Tough Mudder. So you're, how many have you done? I'm just curious. Is that- uh, well, I did two Tough Mudders. I went from 2011, and then I did as near the end of 2011, and I did another one 2012. But unfortunately, I almost lost a little bit of the interest of Tough Mudder because I thought they made it easier. Um, you know, the slippery, the wall that you climb up. Uh, the first time, mm-hmm. you literally could not get up that wall without some sort of help. And then the I've, second I've time read- around, I yeah, Mount Everest, there you go. The second time around, I ran up the wall without any like any effort. I almost feel like I didn't even need my hands. <laughs> and a lot of the obstacles <laughs> seemed like they made it more simplified. And I I almost lost interest. I was like, well, it wasn't tough enough. And when I thought tough mutter, it's not tough enough, I stepped away from it. That was how I ended up starting with obstacle racing. Awesome. Okay, so I can tell you, one of the things I love about Tough Mudder is they are innovative and they're also willing to try different things. And so probably 2012, that might have stepped an Yes. Changing obstacles. But I can tell you Everest 2.0, all of the new obstacles, you can't get up there without help. There's a lip, it, the overhang and the degree, you, you definitely, I mean, people do it all the time. They get up, but an average person like me that has a little chicken wing <laughs> needs a lot of people up there waiting for. It is really tough. And um, you That's do have to have hand. mental grit. Yeah. it's I, I, I was... Um, I, I got to see a really amazing athlete last year who was a, a little, um, he was kind of joking that world stuff is matter isn't a real, it's not a, a real challenge. And he was, he showed up without a pit crew. I, I actually didn't even know he was running until he put on his bib. I thought he was just hanging out with the media group. And I watched this man who is an amazing athlete 
crumble by but I think by 11 o'clock at night, he got, he, he came into the tent. I can't remember what time of night, but he could not warm up. It was, he put on, I guess he put on his wetsuit too late and he was cold and there was no one out there helping with the obstacles. So this must've been like two or three in the morning, actually, now that I think of it. Um, and he was taken out the next day for hypothermia and it was darn scary because he couldn't talk. Wow. He couldn't say his name when he went into medical. So, um, and basically was, his ego got the best of him. Right. He was pretty overconfident. He's an amazing athlete. Don't get me wrong, but he's back this year. This year he brought uh, a pit crew and uh, he's going to go for round two and not, <laughs> he's not going to go down without a fight. And so I would just say, give, give Tough Mudder another chance. Now they've, oh, yeah. they've opened up half. They have, yeah, the Tough Mudder half probably is, I think they just wanted to open it up for other people. You know, Barton has three levels of races that right. you know, the average Joe can do a sprint and feel really good about themselves. Um, you know, it's accessible to people who aren't mega athletes. So that's, that's really nice. I think that's, that's probably what they're trying to do. So now the, the Tough Mudder, the 20K, is, is back to being a, a darn good challenge. Well, that's when I've been, I've been reading up on it. So I figured this year, 2017, one of my races I'm going to run will be a Tough Mudder. I really want to see what it would be like. Hopefully that it's Yay. been improved, which what I've been hearing, especially by what you just said, does solidify the idea that they have gotten it harder. And that, that excites yeah. me because I, I like the challenges. When it becomes where I can get over something easy or I'm able to accomplish it without really pushing myself, I feel like, well, do I really want to do that one again? New location, yeah. same type of obstacle. Not really, but if it puts a challenge to me, that's the same kind of situation. That's where it excites me. Yeah, well, I think you're in for a treat. <laughs> nice. Now, you have all these medals. You've been running. There's different types of medals they give out for the win. But one of the things that's interesting is that Tough Mudder, they give you a headband and colored headband. Yeah. So mm -hmm. one of the things I have not been able to wrap my head around it is that there seems to be a, a I guess, a core group, a cult following that that seems to be more accessible as like, um, they would rather have the band versus a metal. Why is that? Um, well, because I they chose think, not to oh, do okay. the metal. That's what kind of got me metal, weird was that they never, they're not making metals to pass out. They're using the, just the headbands. And as simple as it is, it seems like there are people that would rather have that. It's a, it means more to them than having an actual hard steel metal. You know, I, I guess probably Tough Better has been criticized a lot for not having metals. But, you know, I, and the bling is fun. The bling is absolutely fun. But it, I think it's, I mean, my opinion is, you know, what the heck? I mean, it's, it is what it is. You, you get a headband instead of a metal. But, um, you know, the, the race is, for me, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's fun to hold up your medals, but actually, you know, that's a lot of stuff in your hands. And if you can stick like five or six headbands on your head while holding your medals, that's kind of cool too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just for, I think most legionnaires, we just, you get used to it when, you know, when you're early in the racing, it's, it's irksome because you're expecting your medal at the end and you're like, what is this? I've got another headband, but you get a headband at the color run. I know it's, you know, I, I understand why people get a little upset that they're not getting a medal, but metal envy, I guess. Uh, metal envy. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I don't really know what to say to that, other than you know, it's just it is it is what it is. <laughs> no worries. I've always I just always okay. felt like asking people that did that. Why would they prefer the metal or versus the headband? There's a reason, deeper reason behind it. But uh, some have told me that they just think that's a core group, and others feel like the same thing that you said. It's just fun, and it doesn't really matter what they get at the end. The fact was that the, the race was. You don't really. Yeah, yeah. The race 
I mean, I'm glad we get something because that's, there's a memory associated with that. I mean, I don't know if Seth Meyers cares right. if people <laughs> like their <laughs> headbands or not. I like, you know, I like that Tough Mudders is different. I like Spartan for it. Uh, you know, I have my reasons for liking Spartan, and I have my reasons. Yeah. When I was at the last race, at the Spartan race, they had this one where it's like the kids' race, but there was something that you were talking about before, which was happened to be a special Spartan. Mm, I love special Spartans. That, um, I'm heartbroken that I haven't been able to make it to more special Spartan races. They don't have many in Texas, but special Spartans, uh, it's, it's not the kids' race, but it is a race for... Um, special needs Spartans. So they have a lot of um, kids with autism that run it. Um, and it's it's just wonderful. But they encourage the people who volunteer to dress like superheroes and run with the kids. And we help, help them over the obstacles. And, oh gosh, it makes me tear up. When I think about the one time I, I got to do this, there, are, there was, a, there was a, a young man who was actually a competitor in the Special Olympics, um, the last Special Olympics. And he was um, very particular about being uh, touched. He doesn't like any kind of physical contact or heat or getting dirty, um, anything like that. And for him to do this race, he had to overcome a little bit of that. He wasn't, he was pretty vocal about not liking that, but he was doing it anyway. And he was talking about the fact that he was doing it anyway. And it's like, no matter what your abilities are, we're all getting over something and watching these kids achieve and feel the same self-esteem boost that, that that we all get from running these races was really, really amazing. And so um, I always donate, to, uh, you know, what my time or make donation, actual monetary donations to special Spartans because they're trying to make it to where it's free for every, every, um, every runner. That would be, I don't, I don't know if they've actually gotten to that place yet, but that was their goal to, to actually donate the races to these kids. Is that information on like, that. the Spartan site to be found? Um, okay, so it's a completely different in that there's two. There are two brothers who started Special Spartans, okay. and um, it's it's not. I don't. I don't think the Special Spartans heat. I don't know if that's on the actual Spartan website. Right. When you said about that, to, I tried to do to some check. research, and I didn't see it on the yeah. site directly. You you have to go to the Facebook group, the Special Spartans Facebook group, or on Special Spartans on Instagram, and they're growing, but they're just you know they need support and just like any other situation like that, they just they need they need a little help growing. But they are they're working in that direction. Yeah, of those races, the kids love it. They love it. <laughs> I know that you're going to be doing the race here soon. I would definitely love to know how it goes afterwards and like what you felt that you could improve on after you do the race for the next time around. You know, knowing that you're on Instagram, uh, is there any other places that people can find you? And if they wanted to follow you, where exactly are you on Instagram? I'm the Med Crusher everywhere. I'm the Med Crusher on Instagram, the Med Crusher on Snapchat, the Med Crusher on Twitter. I'm the Med Crusher at Tumblr.com. That's my daily blog. And uh, I'm harder go the mud crusher on Facebook. I don't have an athlete page. I decided not to do an athlete page. It seemed kind of silly, but um, I guess looking back now, I, I wanted to separate my personal <laughs> Facebook from 
<laughs> I didn't think I would have, I would meet the 5,000 limit that quickly, but um, <laughs> I'm at my limit. <laughs> um, I just did not foresee this. I thought when I started two years ago, I had 111 friends and family on my Instagram and now I'm at a little over 17,000. And, uh, oops. So you basically created a, an interesting movement. <laughs> yes. Keep trying. That's my keep, keep running. Keep trying. That's, that's my movement. Well, um, I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. And like I said, I, I'd love for you to come back on again and maybe explain some of the thoughts that you, after you yeah. do the World Tough Mudder and share what, okay. if someone ever wanted to do it, what should they think about that you learned this time around? And um, But it was a real pleasure speaking with you. Well, thank you. You too. And I would love to touch base again. Let's do that. Oh, absolutely. I look forward to it. Once again, I do appreciate you being on the show. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. All right. You take care. You too. <laughs> okay. Bye. Talk about a very inspirational type of personality. She makes wanting to go run, like I said in the very beginning, fun. She takes these types of obstacles, no matter what type of fear she has, and yes, she does have fear, but she makes that fear exciting. She wants to take these challenges because it makes her feel alive. Doing these types of obstacles, it doesn't really require you to have some sort of back history, a struggle, things to overcome just to do them. Having fun can be the main purpose. You learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about other people. You do get to know your true self when you're down in these types of situations. You're in obstacles. You're pushing yourself to the limit. You're seeing what you're capable of doing or what you're failing at so you can get even better at it. You are going to find you. Had a lot of fun speaking with her today. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you could take a moment, go to mymuddyshoe.com forward slash iTunes. It'll take you right to the iTunes account. And if this is the spot where you can tell me what you like about the show so far and leave a review. Right now, The Muddy Shoe is a brand new show. I expect it's going to take some time before people are willing to provide a feedback of what they like about the show and some even comments. So, But if you do like what you've heard so far, please take a few moments. It would mean the world to me. You can also stay up to date with the latest things that we're doing with the show on our social accounts. And we have every one of those listed on our website if you go to mymuddyshoe.com forward slash follow us. Well, that's it for this show. I do appreciate you taking the time to listen in. And I can't wait to bring out the next episode coming up in about a week. But I'm going to leave you with this. This was a little clip I took from Fairless Bueller's Day Out. I think it was appropriate. I hope you enjoy it. Take care. I'm out of here. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it.